0: listening to The Wonder Podcast. My name is Lisa Clark, and I'm joined here each episode with my co-host, Chrissy Dunham. And we just want to say thanks for tuning in. Have you ever wondered what the Bible has to say about worry and fear? Have you ever wondered how to decorate an odd-shaped room? Have you ever wondered how to make a quiche with a sweet potato crust? <laughs> well, you're in the right place because we talk about all the things— If we don't know the answers to some of life's biggest, most wonderful questions, the guests we have on certainly will. So thanks for tuning in to this episode of The Wonder Podcast.
1: Welcome to The Wonder Podcast. My name is Chrissy Dunham with my co-host, Lisa Clark, and we are continuing our series in Esther. And today, Lisa... We are going to cover chapters five and six, but before we dive in and do the nutshell and all the things, tell me what's going on with you. Well, we are in the middle of May and gearing up for summer,
0: gearing up for grand camp, gearing up for really not doing any vacations this summer, doing a girls trip, doing grand camp, that's about it. Well, that's fun. So just fun things, you know, more a simpler summer for us. I it's, like it. Yeah. But I'm kind of excited about that. It kind of feels like we're just going to get to take a break, a little mm-hmm. siesta, if you will. A <laughs> little breather. A little breather from all of the things and kind of feels good. I'm just ready
1: to do some summery things. What about you? Change of pace. Things don't really change that much for me because I work every day, but as most people know I'm still living with my daughter, so it's like I'm raising kids again. And right. all of their activities, I mean, our joke in the store is it's may It's like December, like yeah. everything is going on. It's all the end of school. It's like everybody says everything till the end and there's parties and all the things. But at this point, they have a week left and everyone is reared up and ready to go and Moms are excited to have some freedom with their kids and, you know, they love not having a schedule and all that stuff. So, so great, pretty fun, pretty fun. All right, Lisa, well, let's jump in. And again, we're doing chapters five and six on this session. And Lisa's going to read in a nutshell. Okay, so Esther began
0: the process of securing the king's pleasure and exposing Haman's evil intent. She invited both men to a banquet. Meanwhile, Haman's rage intensified because Mordecai did not show him respect or honor.
1: That is what we got going on. Tell us about it, Chrissy. That's what we have going on. So where we are in the story is, you know, Esther is the queen and the king is still there. And here's what's interesting about this chapter is she approaches the king. Mm -hmm. So the first thing you need to know is back in this day, a queen approaching the king was kind of unheard of. Like he welcomes you in. He calls for you. You don't just show up. So to me, this is the first time we see a little bit of grit in Esther. Like, I'm just going to go have a conversation with them. So I started thinking about that walk for her as she approached the end. In her court, was she nervous? This was unheard of. This was very unusual. But she had a plan that she was getting ready to execute that we're going to talk the beginning of it in chapter five. So as she approached, let me just read a little bit of scripture so you can hear what's going on. So she's approached the king and I'm in verse two. When he saw Queen Esther standing in his court, he was pleased with her which is always the case, and held out to her the gold scepter that was in his hand. So Esther approached and touched the tip of the scepter. And he's like, hey, Esther, what's up? How can I help you? What's your request? And here's what he says when he asks those questions, even... To half the kingdom, it will be given to you. So Mm -hmm. because he's so happy with her and he's so pleased with her, he's like, look, I don't know what you're going to ask, but I'll give you up to half the kingdom. Like, I'm just crazy about you. Mm -hmm. You know, I think he's a little obsessed with her. She is beautiful. And they've been in this relationship for quite a while at this point. And so she says, if it pleases the king, let the king together with Haman Come together to a banquet I've prepared. Bring Haman at once, the king said, so that we may do what Esther has asked. So they go into this banquet and have this big party with eating and all the things. And the king's like, hey, this is awesome, Esther. And I love my time with Haman. But where's the question? Like, what is your petition? What are you asking for? And she responds to him, my petition and my request is this. If the king regards me with favor and if it pleases the king to grant my petition, fulfill my request. Let the king and Haman come tomorrow to a banquet and I will prepare for them. Then I will answer the king's question. So, so interesting that there's this gap in time. I don't know. I guess it lasted for a day since she says come back tomorrow. Right. And they're getting ready to have another party. So, it's interesting. I don't know why she delayed. Like, why didn't she just talk to him that day? I don't know. So, they go into, you know, they go their separate ways. And so, Haman is just so excited. He is Mm -hmm. so happy. (laughs) And when he saw Mordecai at the king's gate, he, you know, noticed he didn't rise up. He didn't show any fear. He didn't do anything. He didn't even acknowledge him. So he is outraged, just outraged at Mordecai that he would not show him anything. So he goes home and tells the family, oh my gosh, you're not going to believe it. Mordecai is not honoring me. He didn't even recognize me. But the good news is I get to go back tomorrow for a banquet. So his wife said you know what, here's what I think you ought to do. Now, he had some other friends there too. Have a pole set up reaching to the height of 50 cubits and ask the king in the morning to have Mordecai impaled on it. Then go to the king to the banquet and enjoy yourself. So in other words, let's get out of Mordecai. Let's just get rid of him and we don't have to worry about him anymore. So Lisa, here's a couple of things as I was thinking through this, Mm -hmm. is there are some gaps here. Gaps in, it was a banquet was one day and then they had another banquet Mm -hmm. that we don't know what happens yet. So there's a gap. There's a gap between Esther and the king. Like her just showing up is so gutsy and unreal. So a thing I read about this gap that is so interesting is the, the commentary said, let me just read it to you that God's timing is perfect Mm -hmm. and he knows where to find his followers and when he is ready to honor them. So when steps are taken in obedience, this can leave a gap for the Holy Spirit to move and go beyond your expectations. Here's Mm. why I love that. Mm. I see a picture of us. We have a request that we've given the Lord, or we want to talk to him about something, but we're like, I just, you know, I don't know what he's going to think. I don't know what kind of like her with the king. I, I just don't know. But when we take a step toward obedience, where we think we know what he's wanting us to do, which a lot of times is just come spend time with me, come talk to me. Then he wants to give us everything that he can, just like the king said to Esther, I don't know what you're wanting or what your request is, but I'll give you half the kingdom just because I'm crazy about you. The commentary went on to say that the Lord wants to do that with us. What is your request? I'll give you more than the kingdoms. In John 14, 14, it says, you may ask me for anything in Mm -hmm. my name and I will do it. So Jesus stands in the gap for those who believe in him and follow him. We had a church service a couple of weeks ago where it ended in just prayer, and it went on and on. And on, and I think almost everyone in the worship center had gone down front at one point or another. And Pastor Connor kept saying, just take a step toward Jesus. Just take that step toward him in obedience. And he wants to help you. He wants to hear your cry. He wants to hear your request. He wants to answer you. Just take that first step toward him and let's pray it out. So I think that experience plus this scripture and reading that commentary, I love that analogy of the gap that Esther was so brave just to take that first step of obedience to, I know this is something I need to do. I need to fight for my people. And she has a game plan. And this is her first steps.
0: I love it, Chrissy. And I think that makes so much sense. You know, you're giving the Holy Spirit room to work, but you're also not. Just sitting there. And so she fasted for the three days. So she gave her body time to adjust to God's plan. She gave her mind and spirit time to adjust to God's plan. She focused on Him. But then what'd she do that third day after that? She put on the royal robes. That's right. She stepped into her calling and she showed up. And I think that's so important for us to realize is that. Sometimes we need to just get dressed up for the part. Right. And our part in this as children of the king, as a child of the king, is to wear the royal robes. We have been dressed in royalty. We are children of the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And we need to realize that some days. We need to be reminded of that. And that means we need to get dressed up and understand and know who we are. There's time for prayer There's time for meditation and there's time for fasting, and then there's time to get dressed. And that's what she did that day, which is pretty cool. And I think goes in line with what you're talking about. You know, when you talk about Haman, I looked at the scripture today, Proverbs 16, 18. Pride goes before destruction, a haughty spirit before fall. And that is exactly what we've got here. Haman was so full of himself. He could not even tolerate this. Jew outside the palace, not giving him the honor that Haman felt he was due. And then something else to point out before we move to chapter six is, man, his wife, her influence, you know, as women of influence, and we all are, we have a choice every day. Are we going to use our influence for good? or Are we going to use it for bad,
1: for evil? That's right. The other thing with her is all their friends were there, too. Yeah. So it was like their whole little posse. Right. And they were all just in on this.
0: And when you're egging someone that's full of pride on, you're just wanting to be part of his show. That's right. You know, you're just wanting to get a glean a little bit of that pride. So it's pretty disgusting. But we will find out really quickly how it kind of goes awry. (laughs) Yes. You know, in Dining with the King, I read something too on that, which was kind of interesting is most kings ate alone. They either ate behind a curtain. So this was all a pretty big deal. Now, were they all three in the same room? I don't know. Yeah. But it kind of sounds like it, doesn't it? Sounds like it, it to was me. all very abnormal. And God was with her man. He was I with can her. just
1: feel her confidence. I can, too, especially when the commentary talked about she was outside and she had to go into this inner court. You know, was she nervous? Did she yeah. feel like she's going to throw up? Like, yeah, nobody does this. What's yeah. he? How's he going to react to her? She yeah. just shows up, which is amazing.
0: And she could die or could be killed if he did not accept her. That's right. Pretty big deal. But yeah, and so young, when Mordecai said to her, for such a time as this, I think something switched. Yep. Like, I've been wondering why I'm here. (laughs) Right.
1: Like she took that step toward obedience when he used those words. Yeah. That was her step. I've been wondering why I'm here.
0: Right. I think this is it. So this is it. Okay. So let's go on to chapter six. And we see in a nutshell, it says the tempo of events quickens. To the casual observer, each new twist and turn of plot seems amazing coincidence, but they reveal the providential interaction of God for those who put their trust in him. Haman's world begins to unravel. So in chapter six, we know that his wife in chapter five, Zeresh, and all of his friends said, let's make a gallows. Let's make a gallows. We're going to impale Mordecai on there. Okay. So in chapter six, King Xerxes is awakened at night. He's not able to sleep. He asks for one of the books, just kind of a diary, basically, of the past few months, years, whatever. And he starts reading through that. And he realizes that Mordecai is the one, not knowing his relationship to Esther, maybe he does, but he sees Mordecai's name and realizes he's the one that saved me. He's the one that revealed to Esther the plot. And I don't think I've ever done anything for him. Have I ever done anything for him, guys? No, you've never done anything. For, OK, so we need to do something for him. So he there's Haman and he says, Haman, what should we do for him for a person we want to honor? Well, Haman's like, oh, my, he wants to honor me more. This is amazing. Best day of my life, you know. So he starts going through all the things. Well, I would just, if I wanted to honor someone, I would pull out the royal horses. I would pull out the royal robes. I would take him through the streets and just let everyone ooh and ah and see how important this man is. (laughs) Well, so King Xerxes is like, great, go do this for Mordecai. What? That's not quite Mm -hmm. who I had this in mind. So he has to go and eat humble pie, (laughs) and parade Mordecai around on the royal horse with the royal robe. So best day ever goes to worst day ever. And Haman is just so upset about this. And he's just so defeated. Haman did all of this with Mordecai, led him all around. And then he went back to the king's gate. But Haman hurried to his house first, because remember, that's where he gets all pumped up. Forgot about this part, and so when Haman told his wife Zeresh and all the friends everything that had just taken place, they are just like, "Oh no! If Mordecai, before whom you have begun, this is verse thirteen, to fall is of Jewish descent. The Jews had a reputation. Remember, you will not prevail against him, but will surely fall before him." What was she saying here? If he's Jewish, dude, you ain't got no hope (laughs) because their God shows up. Your toast if he's Jewish. So Mordecai's now Jewish. <laughs> Newsflash, Mordecai's Jewish. So <laughs> where they were still talking to him, the king's eunuchs came and hastened him to the bank with Esther. So there you have it. That's what took place. Haman is just defeated. Mordecai has to be paraded around because he's the one that Xerxes wants to honor. Let's talk about these dreams for a second. man. Does God use dreams to speak to us? Yes, he does. And, you know, sometimes I think it's the only time we're quiet. You know, why in the night? Why in a dream? Why are we awakened so often in the middle of the night with thoughts, with creative thoughts, with thoughts? We're like, where did that come from? I think it's because we're quiet and we're available. And this is what happened that night for Xerxes. He's awakened in a dream, and all of this is revealed, and things start to move quickly. And it was pretty, it was kind of a miracle when you say that all of this takes place. But I love the part about this being a dream because, you know, I just think for me, that is a lot of the times when God gives me a thought that I know is not my own, when He gives me a creative thought, when He gives me an action. I know that it's from God because I know I didn't wake up thinking these things on my own. So what you see in chapter six is dreams, influence, pride, and the sovereignty of God. All of those things wrapped up into this chapter, which is a pretty cool chapter where you just see God working
1: out all the details, don't you? And that's what he does. Yeah, And that's what I'm reminded of is His timing is perfect. He knows where to find us. Mm. He knows when we're ready and he will take care of everything. We don't have to manipulate anything. We don't even have to make our own plan. He will tell us exactly what to do then. Yes. He will take care of us. He will guide and direct us. And our job is to be completely humble and gentle and loving on our lord all we have to do is listen to him it goes mm. back to the greatest commandment love me with all you got yeah love me and i'll take care of everything else and yeah. it's just a reminder of obedience is easy when you just have your eyes on him it's when we get our eyes off of him that we stumble and we fall it's and true it sounds so easy just sitting here saying it, Yeah, but it's hard because we have so many distractions and so many things going on. And that's one thing about Esther. She was focused. She knew her game plan. She knew what she was to do and she was making it happen, but she spent three days making that game plan and only listening to her God is what I think, even though Again, this book doesn't say anything about God. I really think that's what she did is she just looked to him.
0: For sure. And I know we said it last episode, but who's got your ear? I mean, who are you listening to? Is it people who are like-minded, who are giving you godly wisdom and advice and help? Or is it people that just want to make you feel better about yourself, show you favoritism, be you know, dazzle you, razzle dazzle you. That is so temporary. It's going to be somebody else next time. Make sure that your people that are loving you and that you're confiding in and that are helping you and that are in your circle are people who have godly wisdom, who are reading their Bible, who are seeking the Lord, who are fellowshipping with other believers, who spend time in worship and in prayer In in fasting and in community, I mean, this is who you want giving
1: you help when you need help. What if Haman's friends would have been like that instead of who they were?
0: Right. They could have said, get off your high horse. This isn't about you. You've done nothing to deserve these accolades. That's right. Come on, man. To God be the glory. Just reflect it. Now, I know that this was Persia and
1: so God was not a part of their
0: existence. Go figure. Right. But when you know the Lord and you're not giving godly wisdom and advice, and you're giving someone evil, using your influence for evil and for bad, man, that's so tricky.
1: I love that Haman's wife was like, dude, if he's a Jew, it's over. Right. Wasn't that awesome? Like, Boy, their reputation. I love that the reputation yeah. of the Jewish people right. and of their, their God. God. It was the reputation of their, of their, of their God. God. Was like, whoa. Yeah. It
0: was of their God. The stories of their God showing up when they were an army of 6,000 fighting, you know, 106,000. Right. And they were able to just annihilate that army. That's the God. That's right. You know, that was showing up for them continually over and over and over. And that reputation just, it just spread through the land. Yeah. And so, Anyway, I know I kind of divulged a little too much information with chapter six, yeah. but next well, episode, chapter seven and eight is coming. And so that will be
1: fun. And boy, this story is just full of plot twist, isn't it? I know. Which I mean, we're people still watch, I don't even know what's on anymore, days of our lives and all <laughs> that stuff. Like the Bible is the first soap opera ever created. It's true. It has so many twists and turns and all the things that are in those shows. So I just love how God writes his story. I love how God always prevails. I love that people, even in today's times, if they don't believe in God or not, they see him at work. They see him at work and they see him working in people's lives. And so they recognize there's something there. A lot of people call it a higher power. They Mm -hmm. will never call him the Almighty God. But yeah. It's just a reminder there's nothing new under the sun. So he doesn't sleep or slumber. That's right. That's right.
0: Always with us and always working things out for his glory and our good. And so and no matter what, we can praise him and give him thanks because he is good all the time. And all the time. He is is good. good. Amen, sister. Thank you all so much for listening to this episode of The Wonder Podcast. We are thrilled that you've spent this time with us. Just want to say thank you. We also want to make sure you're aware that we have another podcast called Raising Sinners. It's on the Christian Parenting Network, and we would love for you to join us there, too. If you've got kiddos or know someone who does, check us out at Raising Sinners, the podcast for parents. And lastly, Chrissy and I also want to just thank those of you who have been so generous to support our podcast ministry. If you're interested in doing that, we would love for you to go to chrissydenham.org and click on the party table. You can make any size donation and all of those proceeds go to help us with our podcast ministry. So if you've done that before, we thank you, thank you, thank you. And if you'd like to check it out, please do. So, God bless you, and thanks again for listening to this episode of the Wonder Podcast.